This show is brought to you by thegamecubeiscool.com. To find download links to our episodes, follow us on social media, or shop in our store, it's all there. Created by Mike Lane Studios. The GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Mike, Merry Christmas. It's December 24th. Tomorrow is Christmas Day. This episode's going live the day before Christmas. How are you feeling? Are you in the holiday spirit today? Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the holiday spirit, feeling pretty good. And I mean, for me, because so my dad is is Finnish. And so for him, this is his Christmas is um, oh. December 24th. Oh, nice. So you get two do you get two days of Christmas then in, in your household? Yeah, we well as a kid, I, I always opened up a couple presents on Christmas Eve after dinner, okay. and then oh. Christmas Day, then I would like have my stocking and a couple other presents. Oh, that, that's a nice tradition. I like that. Yeah, I so I I thought I was the only one for a long time. I just thought my dad was weird, <laughs> and then I met other people from like you know more Northern European like descent, and they have all the same kind of things. A lot of people actually in Europe celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve because. Well, my dad, I don't know if this is true, but this is what my dad always told me. It's because Santa visits there first because Santa oh. comes like after after dinner. <laughs> it's, <laughs> in North America, we have a bit of a different story with like the whole midnight, you know, uh, mm-hmm. coming down the chimney. But it's different in, in Europe. He just comes through the front door and gives presents. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have time to do everybody's chimney. Exactly. <laughs> and it makes sense with the time difference. You know, most of Europe is what, three to f- three to five hours ahead of us. So no, Santa's six, it's like more like, is, like five is to it eight six hours. in Finland. Oh, yeah. oh, you're right. Sorry about that. Yeah, no. I'm thinking of us to uh, California. Yes. Um, yeah, you're right. It is like six to nine hours, depending on which coastline you're on. Yeah. Yeah, Santa's got to – he's got to move quick. So I guess that makes sense. He's got to quickly just bang <laughs> out European kids' houses and then uh, move on to the North American houses. And he can take his time a little bit more and squeeze down a chimney, which is far less efficient. I don't know why he would switch from front doors to chimneys. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a strange, uh, strange uh, thing there. But I, I always liked the idea of having presents on Christmas Eve because it's – especially like if I was a parent, I would 100% mm-hmm. just do Christmas on Christmas Eve. The kids open up all their presents at night. They can play mm-hmm. with them. They don't have to wake me up at 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> that's very strategic. I like that idea a lot. Right? <laughs> mm, I might I might, I might, might try that later, but that's going to be a tough sell. Uh, especially <laughs> just, yeah, Santa Santa came already. You, you missed him. Uh, sorry. <laughs> you were downstairs watching Paw Patrol. Very sorry. To get into the spirit, Mike, I watched Die Hard last night. Ooh, yes, very good. And we all know uh, with our diehard poll that uh, went out uh, last week, mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, I- I'm glad we got to see the, the, the proper correct results. Finally, after a couple polls here, we finally get some correct results. I'm not going to lie. I, d- I didn't vote. <laughs> I, forgot, <laughs> I forgot to vote. But my, my side lost anyway. So 64% say yes, Die Hard is a Christmas film. 36% say no, it is not. I got to say, Mike, when I watched it, it got me into the Christmas spirit. <laughs> See, and and I think that right there means that it's a Christmas film. I don't want to say it is, but <laughs> damn it, it's close. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Die Hard in a long time, probably since I was in junior high or something. It's been a while. Yeah. And I forgot how good that movie is. Just I was like smiling ear to ear the whole time. I love the office party scenes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like in, in 2020, I'm not as used to being having an office party like that um, just because like... 
what company has the budget for that anymore? Uh, this year, we're not obviously there is no Christmas parties at all, but it's just like they hired like a string quartet. They had an open bar. People are smoking inside. The '80s looked like a wonderful time for Christmas parties. Probably peak Christmas party era. I would definitely say peak Christmas party era, especially for the fact that you could still do inside darts. Inside darts. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been nice. And then, like, one of the guys is straight up just doing cocaine at the party, too. Mm-hmm. That would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I, I I love watching movies and just, like, seeing people, like, smoke inside. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. Or or smoking or not smoking. Yeah, that was true. I remember at one point – do you remember when Tim Hortons had smoking sections? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. that's – well, I remember – so I went to France in 2009, and I remember on the plane they had just stopped smoking on planes – Mm. And, and and it All was those like French people are just twitching, like <laughs> waiting for their flight to end. It was like a big thing. And then I remember going to the airport and I remember people smoking in the airport. And I thought that was so strange. Mm. And that was 2009. That's only 11 years ago. So I, I know. Yeah. You don't have to go back too far to just that smoking inside non-smoking area, like glassed off sections of restaurants. It's so weird to think about now, but now there's not even a second thought. If you light up anything inside, you're probably going to get arrested. I don't even know what the I don't even know what the consequences are because you never see it. You know what? Neil, just let's like, try it. Let's try it. Let's do a poll. <laughs> <laughs> this week's poll: What happens if you go out and smoke in a mall? Or I guess you can't go into a mall, airport, restaurant. Try smoking in a in a school. I don't know. Like <laughs> smoking in a school. <laughs> One dude when I was in college tried vaping in class and he he blew it into a water bottle and just sealed it. Oh, interesting. The teacher saw him. He's like, get out. <laughs> I love that. That was funny. But yeah, that was a good way to get into the Christmas spirit. I also just wanted to uh, to say something on my note last week. I mentioned how in 2020 I did not watch any TV shows, so um, I couldn't give props to anything other than Seinfeld. Uh, I watched this week, I binge-watched the first six episodes of The Mandalorian Season 2. Mm-hmm. And my God, that is a good season of The Mandalorian. Um, I watched season one last year, 2019, when it came out, and I got to say I wasn't super hot on it. I know it had a huge... Everyone, all the Star Wars fans said this was like a return to form for Star Wars and this is what we've been waiting for and the movies suck. This is this is The Mandalorian is what Star Wars is. And I was kind of sitting there really bored watching yep, it. me I, too. I, I, yeah, I found it just very, like, the script was weird. The acting was actually terrible. The in acting my opinion. was very bad. I don't know yeah. what they were doing. I think they just had bad direction, to be honest. Maybe, but like the uh, the character of the Mandalorian, he was great. Baby Yoda's, of course, fine. And and there was some like the music just felt off. The CG in some episodes was rough. I don't know if their budget was lower for season one or what. But I was I, I stayed fairly silent because most Star Wars fans were and like the nerd culture in general was super hyped about Mandalorian season one. And I watched it quietly, and I was I I think I was texting on my phone for half the because it was just so it was just boring. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just agree, found it boring. The last like episode or two, I remember being somewhat memorable, but uh, and then so season two starts off. The first half of the first episode, I got to say, just you got to get through it because it is a bit more of just more of season one. Hmm. So, but once you get to that second half of the first episode, it, it gets good, and then it carries on throughout the entire season. We just had episode seven came out today, so and I watched that this morning, and it's it's good too. So. It, there hasn't been any filler episodes so far, except for maybe the first episode. It's not really that important. It just sets the scene again. But yeah, I got to say 2020 Mandalorian season two has been a highlight for me for TV shows. There you go. Another, a good highlight for Neil there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I have yet to watch it uh, because of the first season. I was very disinterested like you. Yep. But now that you said that I'm and a lot of other people who also were disinterested like me have been seeing the same thing. So I think I got to watch it. 
Yeah, and there's more characters from the first season that come back, but they're better. Somehow they made the uh, they they fixed them for for people like me that watched it and didn't like it. But yeah. Mike, you you uh, texted me this week that you finally finished Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, uh, uh, it was it came out in 2019. Was it 2018? I think it was late last year. Yeah, 2019 yeah. sounds right. Uh, it was whatever. I, I saw a lot of people hyping it up and saying it was an amazing game. I don't know. I'm sorry, I can't get into that. I think it was a a decent game. Uh, but I, I, th- I think it's because you and I talked about this offline, but the fact that there's been so many bad Star Wars games in the last yeah. 10 years yep. that uh, that anything like remotely good is hailed as a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think yeah, that's much. what <laughs> happened here. It just feels like a watered down Dark Souls Arkham kind of style. That's the thing is that it, it takes the good elements from so many games and that's it. So it's just a good – it's just a combination of all the good things from all the great games that yeah. have come out in the last 10 to 15 years. Like you said, it's got Dark Souls with the – the combat system is very basic Dark Souls. It's got some Arkham elements with having specific power-ups and then you go back to certain areas like a Metroidvania. It's even got some sort of Shadow of the Colossus elements like yes. when you're uh, scaling the AT-ATs. Um, but, and like, yeah, and then there's like uncharted elements too with climbing walls, but it, it's, it always just feels good. It, it never feels great. It feels uh, very I don't remember... EA. Yes, it definitely does feel <laughs> very EA. And EA is actually coming out with a new Star Wars game. I think, I thought it was supposed to come out this year. Maybe it's out. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I remember there was something this summer. They talked about a Star Wars, like a Rogue Squadron, um, reboot or something, uh... but uh, I don't know either. But, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, it just feels like a very it's a good game. It's not a masterpiece. Like you said, oh, I finished it, and I wanted to talk to you about the ending, and I couldn't remember for the life of me how it ended. <laughs> there was nothing super remarkable about the the story. I don't care if there's a sequel or not. Maybe there is. Um, there, there probably is the way they ended it. Um, but, I, I mean, like, yeah, the last 20 minutes of the game were better than the first 10 hours is the best way to sure. put it. Sure. <laughs> and that, that's a that, – I hate that with video games when someone's like, get through the first 10 hours, and uh, you'll love the ending. <laughs> it's also, like – I mean, I played it on, on hard, but, like – it it was difficult. Like the the damage system, I did not like at all. Like you get hit mm-hmm. once, and like you ha- like more than half your health is gone immediately. Yeah, and it was like just from a basic like wild pig that attacked <laughs> you, and it just yeah. about kills you. The difficulty spike in that game is very strange. Like you go from Jedi Knight, and it's like incredibly hard. You go to then like what was it Padawan or something, and then it's like way too easy, <laughs> and it's just like there's no in between. When I got to the end, I think I just flipped it up to easy because I just wanted the game to be over with yeah. at that point. Yeah. But nah, it's it's too bad. I uh, I did like about the game though, like when you're fighting. No spoilers. We're not gonna spoil it. But anyway, uh, like when you're fighting a a little platoon of stormtroopers, and um, like they start off being fairly confident, like they're gonna kill you. you yeah. know, you're dead Jedi. And then as their numbers dwindle, they like the last guys start to get more and more nervous. Yeah. Until I, there's one guy left, and he's like, "I'm gonna die." <laughs> they did do a good job with the stormtrooper dialogue. I gotta give. I them like that. that. Stormtrooper dialogue is very important in Star Wars to me. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, let's get into the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 30.5, Side Mission, part three of the GameCube is Cool podcast. We have new episodes every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcast services. If you haven't already, take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Leave us ratings and reviews so we can make the show better. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. You can follow us on Instagram at the GameCube Pod or visit our new website, the GameCubeWasCool.com, where you will find episodes available to download, articles written by us, and our lovely store. 
Christmas is tomorrow, and we think you could use another sticker. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. That's me. That's you. Last week, we wrapped up all the episodes we have done in 2020. We talked about our favorite games, movies, albums, TV shows, and moments from 2020. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. This week, we are talking about our gaming gifts and memories uh, around Christmas. Uh, not necessarily all GameCube related, um, just all video games, uh, since we did play other consoles. I don't know about that, Neil. I think the GameCube was the only console ever released. It could have been. I mean, I'm breaking the fourth wall here to admit the PSP was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Mike, let's uh, yeah. let's just, you know, let's unbutton our shirts a bit. Let's kick our shoes off and relax a bit. This is not a traditional GameCube was cool podcast episode. It is mm-hmm. a side mission. So we're not covering any back of the cases. We're not going to go into release dates and uh, developers and whatnot. We're just going to talk about our memories uh, as kids when we used to receive video games. Maybe we still do receive video games at Christmas time. And uh, just the ones that stand out. So uh, I think I probably have the furthest back Christmas memory, if, if I'm if I'm guessing right. So do you mind if I start it off and then yeah. maybe we can ping pong back and forth? Yeah, go for it. All right, let's do it. So my f- earliest Christmas memory is Christmas of 1999. So I would have been six years old. And uh, it technically would have been a, gift, a group gift for me and my brother. We received the Nintendo 64. With the uh, atomic purple controller, the clear purple plastic, which was beautiful, and uh, just a regular gray controller, which I always had to use because <laughs> I'm the younger brother. Um, but we got that with uh, GoldenEye 007, and I think, if I remember correctly, we also got Perfect Dark. But I, I might be fa- that might be a false memory because which I don't recently think... just got a announcement that there's going to be a new Perfect Dark. There is. That'll be the third one. The sequel was released on Xbox because Rare uh, got sold to Microsoft. But, and then this uh, one will also be on Xbox, so. Of course. I mean, it might end up on Nintendo, too, because who knows what the heck Microsoft is doing these days. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's my earliest Christmas memory of getting the Nintendo 64, which goes down as one of my favorite Nintendo consoles. Mike, I know you hate the N64, so that's mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that would have been a, that would have been like receiving a lump of coal for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get an N64 <laughs> for Christmas. That's a lump, a lump of coal. You would have cried. You would have, like, asked Santa to come back, demanded a refund, asked to speak to Santa's manager, all that stuff. <laughs> but, no, uh, we uh, we absolutely love that console, me and my brother. I have very fond memories of getting together with friends and cousins around Christmas and New Year's to play uh, 007 GoldenEye and Night... Uh, not Nightfire. Uh, Perfect Dark, Mario Party, Mario Kart 64, eventually Smash Bros. Just a, just a great... Uh, machine for 90s kids to pick up and um (laughs) such a special christmas memory for me one of my earliest christmas memories actually so that would be my first one for today Uh, i still have our i still have our n64 too uh 20 years later it still works all the games we have still work so sometimes i blow off those cartridges and play a game every now and again it is tough to go back we talk about goldeneye being hard to go back to and it is but uh i'm glad to have that still that i didn't get rid of it didn't donate it didn't sell it um yeah so anyway that's awesome What's your uh, earliest Christmas memory, Mike? Uh, my earliest Christmas memory is definitely getting the Game Boy Color. Uh, and I think I got that. I was trying to think this morning of when I got it. It was either Christmas 99 or Christmas 2000. Okay. And I think it was 99 because I think I was in grade one. Mm-hmm. So that would line up. And I just remember, I remember... I don't think they had banned them from school yet. And I remember bringing it to school every day uh, when I was uh, in grade one or two. And I remember like going, sitting in our gym with the Game Boy. And that's that's all I remember uh, about that. Like in and gym class or like in indoor recesses? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I was six years old. I don't have that great of a memory of it. But yeah. I got it because my aunt uh, had the original Game Boy. She got it when it first came out. Mm. And so uh, I remember as a like, even before that, I remember playing 
her Game Boy, and I really wanted one, and so she got me, uh, I think with my parents, they got me the Game Boy Color, and the game for it was not Pokemon. Mm. It was it was not uh, a traditional game that you would get for a Game Boy Color. Do you know what I got, Neil? Hmm, let me think. Uh, game Boy Color 99, getting it from your aunt. Um, I'm going to just guess and say a baseball game. No, uh, hmm. I got Space Invaders for oh, Game wow. Boy Color. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you play that for very long? Or? I did. That was that was the only game I played for probably months. I thought that was wow. the greatest game on earth. You know, <laughs> I, I I I loved that game so much. Hmm. Uh, you, I haven't played it in years. I actually really want to play it right now. Uh, you but still ha- you still have it. Like I still have Boy. the box. Yeah, and I still yeah. have the the, the cartridge. You right, you do. Yeah. yeah, you keep all your Game Boy Color boxes, which is really strange. I mean, forward thinking. I know that you said on uh, episode thirteen point five that was your dad's idea to keep yeah. everything. So, I mean, that pays off in the long run for sure. I did also eventually get Pokemon Red when I realized that that's all kids around my age were playing. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And so I got Pokemon Red and I got Pokemon Blue because that's what you did as a parent was that you would get both for the kid. And yellow. (laughs) I didn't get yellow. I just got the two. Um, I remember remember being jealous of kids that had yellow because they would tell me about all these secrets that you could get in yellow, which I don't think was really true. But uh, (laughs) I know that they were close to the same game. But the difference with the yellow is that you could have Pikachu beside you at all times i think right that was the main difference yeah that was yeah. my first game boy color game that i got for my birthday pikachu follows you around i think the graphics look a heck of a lot better in pokemon yellow it's a bit more of a it has all the colors in it as opposed to just red or blue yes which was nice um there were different pokemon in yellow as there were in red and blue but um for the most part i think i'm I, i'm gonna i know we're gonna butcher this here but i think it's this it, there's nothing super different it's it's all the same gyms and it's the same dialogue you don't get to pick your starter obviously no That'd be awesome if you could start off with Charmander <laughs> instead. Yeah, I, uh, I I love that Game Boy Color. I still have it. Still have the box for the Game Boy Color too. Uh, nice. I gotta I gotta take a picture of it when I go to my parents' house. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite consoles, and I I have a huge love for that. And every time I I, I look at it, I just I'm so confounded about how small that screen is. I it's know. Tiny, and I didn't realize that because as a kid, like. This is the greatest thing on earth. You've never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. So it's automatically like fantastic. You don't have any kind of comparison. Um, and there's no backlight to it either. Nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> so it's very basic. I remember getting a worm light with it as well. So I could play uh, in in the dark uh, uh, with it. But yeah, I, I love that console so much. It was, it was probably my, it, it was my first uh, console memory. When you talk back, when you think back on the 80s and 90s, just how how many like peripherals we needed to light up screens, it must sound like to people that it was just dark all the time. <laughs> and that, like, we always needed to hook things up. We had to have flashlights in our necks. We had to wait for street lamps. Like, was the sun never out for the first 20 years of our lives? Sun, sun was never out. The, yeah. So what people don't realize is that before the new millennium, uh, the sun only came up two hours a day. That's right. Uh, for two months of the year. For two months of the year. So. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until we finally hit year 2000 that we got more sun. And so right. this is something that you don't see in a lot of history books. but mm-hmm. uh, Because you know. they couldn't take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I remember always thinking, like, in my mind, like, bef- like, like in the 1900s, like, that was just black and white. Because why yeah. would it be anything else? Yeah, that's right. We didn't invent color until 1950. Yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> just how it worked. Yep. Yeah, well, anyway, luckily we're in a backlit future now and uh, never going back, obviously. <laughs> so speaking of My... backlit futures, yeah, what's your mm-hmm. what's your next uh, game uh, memory here from Christmas, Neil? 
I don't know how that segues into my next topic. Well, because because uh, like I'm assuming that the next Christmas memory is going to have something that is a little more technologically advanced than the N64. Well, I mean, my next Christmas memory would probably be I had I don't remember what year it was, so I didn't put this in my notes, but I did receive a Game Boy Advance between receiving the N64 and getting the GameCube. Nice. I don't know what year that was. I think it would have been 2003. I got the Indigo Purple Game Boy Advance. I still have it. It doesn't work. I just want to <laughs> keep it. Um, so I got to advance up to the Game Boy Advance. Haha. But uh, that console is not backlit still. Yeah, I I also had a Game Boy Advance. I was actually very lucky and grateful. I, I got the Game Boy Advance, and then I got the Game Boy Advance SP. So I had a Color, mm. Advance, and SP. Nice. Was, uh, you got uh, all the iterations. I got all the iterations. So I was definitely spoiled on that front. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I remember the Game Boy Advance did not have a backlight as well, and so I had to use my worm light from the Game Boy <laughs> Color. The um, sun still hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> still, yeah, but luckily, when I got the Game Boy Advance SP, that did have a backlight that you mm-hmm. could, for some reason, switch on and off. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which is like, why would I don't think I ever switched it off? Because why? <laughs> I know. Unless you, it, 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 well, I mean, the sun was invented at that point, so you could uh, <laughs> you could play it in the sunlight at the beach or something. Of course. But yeah, my sister and I each got a Game Boy Advance that Christmas. I got the purple one. She got a pink one, which was pretty neat. And then we got uh, F-Zero Maximum Velocity, which was mm. in a Game Boy Advance game. And then we got Donkey Kong Country for the Game Boy Color. Oh. Which was strange to get a Game Boy Color game. We still have both those games, and they're both really good. The, the It's Donkey Kong Country, a port of the Super Nintendo game. And that, that's how I played Donkey Kong Country. We didn't have the SNES version until way later. So that's how I played that game and played that game to death. It's and, so good on Game Boy. And that was me with Yoshi's Island and mm-hmm. the all the Super Mario Advance games, which are Super right. Mario World. Mm-hmm. Like, for pro- honestly, probably until maybe high school, I didn't know that those were on the SNES. I just right. assumed that those were Game Boy Advance games. Yep. You know, because why would I know any different? There was no internet. You had no way of knowing. <laughs> and, and yeah, I remember someone, I think it probably was you who was who had like Yoshi's Island cartridge for the SNES. I was like, mm-hmm. what? Like they had yeah. an original Yoshi's Island? You're like, no, Mike, it's the same game. It's, it just looks <laughs> better on SNES. That's all. <laughs> I, and Still I, sounds I, annoying though. I love Yoshi's Island uh, for, for Game Boy Advance. I played that like constantly. Yeah. Yoshi's Island is a really underrated Nintendo franchise to me. I've played just about all of them and then... We won't get into it, but I mean, like, Yoshi's Woolly World is one of my all-time favorite Wii U games, and it's just an easy game for kids to get into platformers. As an adult, they're just enjoyable games. Like, you never die, so it's just something yeah. to pick up and, they're, and have they're fun They're so with beautiful, them. too. Like, Yoshi's yeah. Island, especially, is such a, like, it's they're such very charming. A, yeah, it's it's so well-designed. I always mm-hmm. was, like, so taken aback by, like, everything looks like a painting. Yeah, yeah, that's what they go for is the coloring book art style, and now it's more arts and crafts, which is cute. Anyway, Mike, let's move into more consoles. But at this point, did you at you received the GameCube for Christmas one year? Why don't you tell us about that? I did. It was one of the greatest days of my life, obviously, <laughs> as it would be for any kid. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was grade five, so that would have been I guess two thousand three, and I okay. was in Mister Jacobs' class. Do you remember Mister Jacobs in yeah. Uh, in, in yeah. Uh, I remember him. <laughs> he was like a cool older teacher. Yeah, yeah, he was he, he was cool. I liked him and. Mm-hmm. One of our assignments was that we had to write a formal letter. Uh, we had to write a letter to, uh, like, it was supposed to be to our parents. And it was, like, I think we were, they were teaching, like, persuasion or something. And, like, how to write that. Like for, It was, like, English class, right? And I my persuading letter was asking them to buy me a GameCube uh 
pack with double dash in it <laughs> mm, wow and because i wanted that so badly uh and because it's the gamecube uh, of course i wanted it and i never had a console before so that was gonna be my first console so i like begged them i was like please please i want a gamecube mm. uh, and i would love to play mario kart double dash and i sh- I-, I wish i could find the letter i gotta try and uh, look for that but uh they yeah. they came through on and I, I didn't think they were gonna get it for me i remember that i remember not thinking that i was gonna get it and they came through on christmas day opened up the gamecube and but it was not the gamecube double dash pack because i don't think that existed anymore at that point oh, okay. um i think that was only for the summer that they put that out mm-hmm. uh so instead i got the very limited uh pack with the zelda uh collection uh in it which contains nice. Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, Link, uh, or what is it, Zelda 2, or Link to whatever the, the second one is called. Uh, yeah, Adventures of Link. Yeah, Adventures of Link, thank you. Yeah. And uh, and basically like half of Wind Waker, like the longest demo I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> was on that game, uh, on that disc. And I played that to death. And, and uh, of course they did get me Double Dash as well, um, sure. but just not part of the pack. So yeah, the first two games I got for the GameCube were Mario Kart Double Dash and uh, the the um, Zelda Collection. So in grade five, your teacher taught you how to write a letter to Santa, but skip the middleman and go straight to your parents. Just go straight to my parents. Yep. Threaten uh, which... them with running away and uh, getting into drugs <laughs> <laughs> to get a GameCube. I mean, it worked off. It paid. It paid off for sure. That's it a really good off. Christmas memory. Yeah. And then I think my cousins, uh, I think like my, my aunt and uncle, got me Nightfire. Uh, oh nice yeah and i remember they got me nightfire and then the next year they got me resident evil 4 and i remember my mom being mad at them for getting me resident <laughs> evil 4 and you were like uh, you're like I'll, I'll write a persuasive letter she'll understand it <laughs> i'm a pro at this i can persuade my mom <laughs> that's really cool i love that that's a really good first christmas to get that zelda combo pack and nightfire that's you're pretty much set right there and double dash yeah oh you did get double dash that year as well yes yeah my i think my someone else got it for me or my parents got it for me alongside of the gamecube but uh yeah no i was i I think it's funny because looking back i'm sure my parents were super happy that i asked for the gamecube Mm -hmm. because it's like okay gamecube it's the cheapest console on the market it has like the most like you know family friendly games that like we can play with you uh or like you know it's there's not a lot of shooter games in their mind, right? Because it's, right. it's Nintendo, but of course, GameCube was trying to be. <laughs> uh, we're trying to be mature edgy. game. Yeah, but, so yeah. It's, it's funny how they funny. were trying to be edgy, and teenagers thought they were, or kids thought they were, but then parents were like, "Oh, good, they like the kitty console stuff." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't exactly. getting through to the parents. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. I have a. I mean, the same year as you, 2004. I it would have been later, I suppose, but I uh, I got my GameCube for birth my birthday that year. But uh, you, you got it October 2004. You're saying. October 2004 lines up. I think that's what I got. And then I would yeah, yeah, because I got the GameCube December 2003. Right. So you had the GameCube first. I got it about 10 months later. Yeah. But for Christmas that year, we got Nightfire. Um, Mm -hmm. So I got that for Christmas with my GameCube. At that point, I had Spider-Man 2 and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. I think those are my only two games. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for Christmas, I remember I got Nightfire and I got Medal of Honor. I think it was Medal of Honor. What's the tagline? Frontline? Yeah, I think it's Frontline or European Frontline. Assault, but I think it's I think it's Frontline because I remember not, playing that at your yeah, house. Yeah, it's not European Assault. It's Frontline. Yeah, okay. that good game. Very good World War II yeah. game. 
yeah, we'll, we'll, and we'll be talking about that in a couple of weeks. So stay yes, tuned. Yes, we will. Yeah, perfect. But uh, yeah, that that's my memory of that Christmas uh, with GameCube. My first GameCube Christmas was getting Nightfire, and I played that for about the first half of Christmas Day until my uh, cousins arrived, and then <laughs> had to stop playing. But I think we still played multiplayer anyway. Just I had to stop playing the campaign. That was one of my arrived. favorite parts about Christmas. I don't know if you were the same way, but for me, I wasn't allowed to play. Uh, games all the time or like you know i had a limit on on how much i could play and during the school year i couldn't play on weekdays uh mm. i could only play on like friday saturday sunday and so christmas was like the free-for-all it was fantastic because right. you have to try out all the games of course and so that's what i did on christmas is that i just played games until dinner like until we had like um the rest of my family over yeah. and it was fantastic and then my cousins would, would come over and of course we're all gonna all play games together Mm-hmm. And so the, those like that like week from Christmas to to New Year's was was just a free for all of gaming. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, it's not a real week. So like <laughs> yeah. your parents are off work; they don't want. I mean, on Christmas Day, our parents are probably cleaning up all the crap from Christmas morning <laughs> yeah. before the family comes. So they'd prefer it if we're in the basement playing a game while they can clean up un, uninterrupted. Yeah, and then that week they're off work or they're still at work. So I mean, it's good to have something for you to do for that time until you have to go back to school. Because I mean, only nerds do homework over Christmas break. <laughs> I, I I can't even imagine doing homework over Christmas break. No, I never. Thank did. God, thank God, my parents did not ever enforce anything like that <laughs> no me neither i mean they might have like set me up with a book or something to try and get me to read over christmas break and i usually did because it was like lemony snicket or something yeah so and I, because I, read those. I would get books all the time for christmas as well yeah, right so too. it's like gamecube time book time like yep. this is perfect i love this <laughs> it's gonna burn my eyes out slowly on gamecube and then uh, try and get some knowledge i and i got my like it was it was because i i'm an only child which i i think we've talked about a couple times on this show but, uh, you know, I, I didn't always have uh, people to play with. So my dad played with uh, with me a lot, especially on the especially on like the sports games and on Mario Kart, Kart Double Dash. He loved Double Dash. That was like his favorite game. Well, your dad loves cars. So that makes sense. I, I, I guess that's true. <laughs> it's very accurate to actual driving. <laughs> nice. So what's your uh, next Christmas memory, Mike? Do you have any more mm-hmm. uh, good ones from that era? OK, yeah, go yes. for it. So after the GameCube, um, I got the Wii and... Funny enough, I didn't, I didn't ask for the Wii. I didn't really have that much interest in the time, hmm. and I think I'm not sure if this is. I think it's the next year. I don't think I got it in 2006. I got it in 2007. Okay. Uh, so my dad knew the, uh, was was friends with the wife or the husband of Nintendo like distribution for Canada. Uh, which was obviously like a sweet gig. Like I can't believe he didn't tell me this in, until <laughs> until much later. But he knew he knew them, and uh, I think one time they were having dinner, and they were like, "Oh, do you like? Does your kid like play Wii?" And he's like, "No, he just he's he's still got all his GameCube games, <laughs> and he just he just plays the GameCube. That's fine." He's and a real just... gamer. <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, well, like you know, the Wii is like backwards compatible, and uh." Uh, and he's like, oh, well, I don't know. Like, I don't want to get my kid something he doesn't want. And then she talked to him about Guitar Hero, which had just come out uh, mm. for the Wii. And there was the Guitar Hero Wii bundle. Um, and obviously, my dad, knowing that I like music and uh, knowing that I like games, these two things seem perfect together. Yeah. And I'm, I remember on Christmas morning being completely stunned when I saw a box of the Wii and the game and, and the uh, Guitar Hero uh, guitar Yep. Uh, there and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, I know that would have been peak Guitar Hero 
yes. like, popularity back in 2007. Because that was Guitar Hero 3. So Guitar yes. Hero 3, and that was, Guitar Hero 3 was by far the biggest. Yeah, that was the mo- the biggest commercial success of Guitar Hero. I remember that year. I think we were in grade, we would have been in grade nine then. And I think we, I went over to your house like every day that Christmas break to play Guitar Hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We loved it, man. That, oh, <laughs> it was so much you fun. You cannot capture that spirit of music video games again, I don't think. It'll never be bigger than that year. No, that was, that was just ultimate fun. Yeah, just getting together with friends to play guitar. And then eventually they introduced Rock Band and now there's drums in the mix. It was just so cool. Yeah, that was a fun time. I yeah. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot you got that for Christmas. That's right. Um, that would make sense because I didn't buy a Wii. I never even I never asked for one either, and, and I was happy <laughs> with the GameCube at that point. Also, Me too. starting, <laughs> yeah, starting in high school, that was like when we I kind of dipped away from video games for a bit. So mm-hmm. my parents weren't going to get me a console if I wasn't going to use it either. So yeah, nice. But uh, I, I'm gonna have to go back in time a little bit to Christmas of 2005. I I begged for uh, like a year after I got my GameCube. God, I was a little brat. I was <laughs> I was I was begging for the PSP, uh, the Sony PlayStation Portable, which uh, was uh, Sony's first uh, try at going against the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, and at this point the DS. So I remember seeing commercials for it on TV. It was just this the first time I'd ever seen a device where you could play a game, watch a movie, listen to music, all on the go, on this really yeah. nice screen, um, basically a cell phone screen. I was very jealous of kids who had it. (laughs) I remember that because I got a DS Mm -hmm. and all I could think when I had the DS was like, man, I picked the wrong horse. (laughs) You, I mean, you did and you didn't at the same time. The DS is a great console. The PSP is, they're just very different. It's like comparing apples to oranges. Well, the thing is that the first DS honestly is not great. No, (laughs) it's, it's clunky. It's the screens are small. The the speakers suck. Uh, It, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a great console. Mm -hmm. I, I remember in a, in the, in like, uh, I was on a hockey team in the hockey dressing room. Me and a couple other kids had DSs. And then I remember this one kid came in with his PSP and mm-hmm. it just was like, look at this. Look at this screen. <laughs> the idea that you could have a widescreen like that, that took up yeah. basically with no be- like bevel, uh, mm-hmm. that took up the entire, basically it felt like it was like the entire like console. It was, was all just, screen. Yeah, it was all screen. Like you said, it was all screen. That was that was just insane to me. That was that that just blew open like every uh, preconceived notion I had about gaming. Yeah, I mean, me too. I was and at the time I was delivering the newspaper, so I was putting together inserts in the paper, and I would see ads <laughs> for the PSP, just screenshots of NHL games and God of War, and then like a movie playing on it. It was just like it was taunting me for months <laughs> at that point, and oh man, I wanted one so bad, and I got one. I was super appreciative. I mean, I, I still have my, it's not the same PSP. That one got stolen, unfortunately, but I do have, I bought um, my friend Matt's PSP uh, eventually. So I, I still have it. I still have a bunch of games and it's just, it's such a, I know it's not a great console. Like it's not, it's hard to go back to the PSP now with those universal media discs and <laughs> the, the joystick is pretty rough. So yeah. I get it. But at the time I got it with Star Wars Battlefront 2 and Happy yes. Gilmore. I remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Dude, I put hundreds of hours into Star Wars Battlefront 2 and and like once a year I'll I'll pop it in and still play it just just to get that feel back again and it's super nostalgic at this point and they they did it like they got a PS2 game working on a little console the size of a, a modern day cell phone. Yeah, really really just... the start of like the Switch, you know, like yeah. that like that that technology. That's kind of where it stemmed from. Not really yeah. from the DS because the DS games were completely different games, mm-hmm. you know. No, absolutely. And, and same with the yeah. advanced games, but like yeah. a, a PSP game, it 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 felt like you were playing it on a console. It was almost always 
almost equal to what the console version was. There might have been some, uh, you know, versions or different modes missing from a game or something. There might have been a multiplayer mode that wasn't there. Certain characters couldn't run on there. But no, that was like when I, like when the Switch came out and said, oh, it's console experience on the go for the first time. I was thinking like, no, the PSP was kind of the first <laughs> console experience on the go, really. It had yeah. full 3D animation, amazing stereo sound. I was watching movies on car trips. I, I got up, I was, again, I got up at like five in the morning that day and just played or watched Happy Gilmore at 5 a.m. on the PSP, <laughs> just being blown away that I was watching a movie on this tiny screen. Yeah, and, um, yeah. That's one of my most special Christmas memories with games. And uh, I really thank my, I, like years later, I thank my parents, like, dude, I just can't believe you guys got that for me. It was like a $300 handheld console, yeah. which is not cheap at that time for what it was. But I, I mean, I still pick it up and play it from time to time. I might find the odd game at a video game store to pick up. But yeah, the PSP is just a super special Christmas memory for me. Oh, I I, I would imagine so for sure. Yeah. Do you have any more uh, Christmas memories, Mike? Um, not really from this era, but I do mm-hmm. have the, the most recent memory, I guess, of just getting a, a game or a console was yeah. in Boxing Day 2015. So Boxing Day in Canada is basically Black Friday. Yep. Um, and that's the day after Christmas. And I remember going with a friend of the show, Dan, and a friend of the show, Brayden. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was the first time I'd ever actually gone, gotten up in the morning and done <laughs> the whole, you know, the, the whole ritual of, of of going for this, like, Dora Crasher. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I got uh, the PS4 with uh, the Uncharted bundle uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, that day. That was, uh, that was a pretty, pretty fun day. I remember coming back home. And uh, my dad's like, "Well, you helped the economy, I guess." <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, but that was that was just like a cool experience, and I don't know, yeah. it just it felt like I was like we were like all in a mission together, you know? Yeah, I, I love that story. I remember you guys going out. I think you asked me if I wanted to come out, and I was just like, "Nope, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not about." That would have been 2015, so I yep. would have still been working at the deli, and I think I worked that day because oh, I used wow. to I used to volunteer to work on Boxing Day because in Canada we get paid time and a half to work yep. on Boxing Day, and grocery stores are dead yeah, on Boxing why Day. Why are you going to to the grocery store on Boxing Day? Exactly. Right. So I'd work nine hours and get paid like 18 <laughs> bucks an hour, which at the time was a lot of money. Um, so I mean, it still kind of is to me, but uh, um, yeah, so I would do that instead. But that was really funny when, when you guys were like, yeah, we got PS4s. And I was like, cool, that's nice. <laughs> that's funny. Yep. And, and you know, funny enough, though, is that I don't know how this happened, but Brennan and uh, Dan, they both got uh, the PS4 with the Uncharted physical copy. Mm-hmm. And I did not. Uh, mine is just the download code. So I'm still looking for that physical copy of Uncharted uh, collection. Oh, that's weird. I mean... It's, yeah, it's, I, I I just I just uh, I got screwed over. I don't know. Some someone behind the counter was like, "Yeah, look at this guy. He's not going to get a disc." <laughs> I mean, you're fine. It's less space on a shelf. It, it you can probably find that for like eight bucks now. I know. Really I know. That's it. that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that eight buck deal. Yeah, you'll get there. Um, <laughs> my I I don't have too many more gaming Christmas memories from that era either. Those are the the three main ones: the N64 up to the PSP. Uh, for about nine years there, in between though, I didn't really. I probably did receive the odd game from a family member because I still had the GameCube. Um, just, you know, here's a SpongeBob game. Go play it. Uh, but nothing that really stood out particularly with video games in those nine years. I did take yeah. a long time off gaming. Um, Me too. Yeah. I mean, we played Guitar Hero and we played Nightfire on those, but we didn't. We weren't playing, like, the new stuff, really, for a long time. No. Until about 2014, my most recent Christmas memory was probably uh, I had the Wii U. I just bought it because Smash Bros. was recently out and Mario Kart 8 as well. And I really wanted uh, Pikmin 3. Mm. 
And people or Nintendo fans might not remember, but in 2014, the Wii U was about uh, two years old at that point, and Pikmin 3 was an early release, and it wasn't. Uh, they didn't make a lot of copies of it, so it was very expensive in 2014 and hard hmm. to find. It was a, actually a very hard to find game for a short while. Now, not so much, but I remember. <laughs> I remember when it showed up at video game stores or on eBay. It was like a hundred dollars for a used copy. Yeah, there's there's a couple of Wii U, Wii U games that are like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know, like uh, Xenoblade, the first uh, Wii U uh, Xenoblade edition. Yeah. I don't know what it is, Xenoblade X or something. I know that was like a, at least a hundred dollars for a while. Yep. Yeah. There's a bunch, and then there's like Devil's Third, which is still yep. in the hundreds because they just don't produce many copies. But no. uh, yeah, Pikmin Three's gone down in price since then because I I don't know if they printed more copies or if people just got rid of the ones that they bought. Well, but, they also uh, have any... the Pikmin Three Deluxe. Yeah, but nobody buys that. So <laughs> none of that player's choice crap. But uh, I got I unwrapped a gift from my parents, and it was it, there it was it was a used copy of Pikmin Three. Wow. Um, I was blown away. My mom said she called around a bunch of uh, EB games in the area and one, one store had a copy and I was just really happy that they went to the effort to, I had it on my list. So it's not like that they guessed and found it. Um, But you just assume that no one would get it. I put it on my list. Like, look, this game's super hard to find and it's very expensive. So if you can find a copy for a decent price, don't, I was like, don't pay any more than this because this is what it costs new. And they said they found, yeah, I was a smart shopper at that point (laughs) and I knew how to collect. So but my mom was like, yeah, there was, a, there was, you know, nearby and it wasn't above the price you mentioned. So I was like, that's so, and I played, I love Pikmin 3. So mm-hmm. um, that, that was one of the more uh, recent video game memories. And then since then, I, I don't think I've really received too many games on Christmas just because I buy most of the games throughout yeah. the year that I want. And uh, we're adults now. So I think my parents get me more like practical gifts, like clothing and, and books. <laughs> so I do have one last memory that I just, you just kind of jogged my memory with um, sure. is... I got the Nintendo 3DS Ooh. in 2014, I think. Okay. Uh, could have been, I think, around that time, 2014 for Christmas. Yep. And uh, it, obviously, it was great. I was very happy that I got it. Nice blue uh, 3DS. But my favorite part was the story that my mom told, uh, I guess, another mom at EV Games when she bought it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was looking for, like, what 3DS to get me. And she, I guess she just picked one up. And then a lady beside her asked her about like the 3ds's and and my mom has explained to her what they were and she's like oh man she's like and and she's like her i guess like her kid was like beside her she's like does it ever end and my mom's <laughs> like no my son is 22 years old <laughs> it doesn't i mean it does for some people but no it never ends <laughs> i don't know i think i think when kids are young parents probably have that outlook of just like oh man this is never this is a never-ending cycle but after a while like once we get to our 20s i think our parents like buying us things that make them feel like they still have a a son or a daughter that's young at heart still like my, I, I, my parents also love like when i have games or stuff like that on my list because it's like oh easy like that's like the easiest thing i could possibly exactly ever get. you can you can run into almost any store and find a copy of mario kart yeah so yeah and it's like you know even when i like like you said you know 22 23 i remember saying to my parents like hey sorry but i really want this game and they're like hey it's better than drugs <laughs> i mean <laughs> <laughs> like, like I never, I was never going out to bars. We never like did, I never did any drugs or anything like that. I was, I wasn't blowing my money on things and they're like, Hey, this is way better than what other people your age are spending their money and time on. So, <laughs> and it, it did give them like a, like, I think they got to have their young son for a little longer. I like to think that that's, I, I gave them that by playing <laughs> video funny. games and now being 27 years old, still playing video games and talking about it on a podcast is uh, really funny, but it never ends, Mom from EV Games of 2014. It never ends. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Mike, Christmas is a really special time for, for gamers and people around the world, obviously. Um, not just for gifts, but just to get together and uh, share some stories and some good times, some good baking. And hopefully uh, the listeners out there are having uh, some much needed rest this next week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun to talk to you today about uh, some Christmas memories. And hopefully we can make uh, some some new good Christmas memories this year, even though there's a pandemic going around. I know everyone's doing their Zoom calls and sending probably more Christmas cards than normal. So um It'll still be a, a special year, nonetheless. I, I definitely am. Did you get my Christmas card, Neil? Uh, no, not yet. Wait, did you, I? I? I'm I'm pretty sure you did because I gave oh. it. I I gave it to your dad. Oh, it was in the bag. It was okay. in the bag. Yeah, I, everything's still in the bag. I haven't actually taken oh, okay. anything I see, out. Okay, I see. Yet. I see. Got it. Thank you. No, yeah, yes, I received your gift and a card. Thank you so much. I need to write you a card now too. What year is it? We're writing Christmas cards still. I know, right? Well, I think this this 2020 is a good Christmas card year. You know. Oh, 100 percent. Hundred percent. This is the time to do it. Definitely. So, Mike, why don't you let the listeners know what they can expect on our next week? We'll still have a side mission episode, but why don't you let them know what the uh, topics will be? So, for New Year's Eve, our games uh, or that our episode that we will be talking about is, of course, games that we are looking forward to and are anticipated in twenty twenty one. Obviously, being New Year's Eve, uh, we got to close out the year, right? So, we're going to be talking about you know what's on the horizon for twenty twenty one and how to close out twenty twenty properly, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I already know a couple of games that are going to be on my list for for most anticipated, but I'm excited to hear some of yours too, Neil. Yep, I have two. Um, <laughs> I have two. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, right now, most of my time is spent uh, devouring GameCube games and news, so uh, I look forward to playing more old games next year, like I've done this year. But yeah, I have a couple. I have a couple of new games that I like to play. I'm I'm starting to. I don't know. I've just this year, especially, I've taken a bit of a break from new games. I know that everybody. I like to think other people go through eras of just. I'm going to take a break for a while, just absorb other things, and I've done that. I like. I mean, I've played mm-hmm. some new games this year, like we talked about uh, Last of Us and Tony Hawk Pro Skater, and I played the new Doom game as well. So it's just hard to you know buy a new game every single week. It does get it gets expensive, and it's a huge time sink. So, but I, I have a couple games that are on my radar that I'm really looking forward to, and can't wait to talk to you about those. We're also going to be talking about some of our goals for 2021. I'm not a resolution person. I, I like to set goals for a year instead. So I look forward to uh, talking about those with you. And if you have a couple, I can't wait to hear that as well. Sure. Yeah, I can't wait. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, until then, this has been episode 30.5, Side Mission Part 3 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. We have new episodes every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcast services. Leave us ratings and reviews so we can make our show better. We're the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. Follow us on Instagram. We are at the GameCube Pod. Check out our new website, thegamecubewascool.com. Uh, you can check out our store there and read articles written by us. Share us with your friends, family, and maybe put us on your resume. Tell your prospective employers, Neil says hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. See you later. Bye. Very good.